Hey, before we begin, I want to let you know about a new show from Curious Cast that I think you might be into. It's called Russia Rising. Putin's Russia has been accused of using internet trolls, hackers, and even assassins to influence the West. This new investigative podcast hopes to unravel the giant mystery that is Russia with the help of those who know her best. Russian trolls, hackers, Putin supporters, and even a former KGB spy. Join Global News Europe Bureau Chief Jeff Semple on a journey to find out how Russia has gone from tenuous ally to a potential global threat. Listen to Russia Rising for free at CuriousCast.ca or wherever you're enjoying This Is Why. Some Canadian kids are graduating from high school without a clue as to what they want to do in the future. You know, a lot of people, when they're 16, 17, 18 years old, they have no idea what they're doing. I'm Nikki Reitmeyer, and this is Why. When you graduated from high school, did you know exactly what you wanted to do right away when you suddenly had to enter the real world? My name is Megan Coley. I'm an online national reporter with Global News for Lifestyle. Megan wrote a four-part series on what is known as Failure to Launch. Failure to Launch basically is a young person's inability to launch successfully into adulthood. On psychologytoday.com, a guy named Dr. Robert Fisher actually took a pretty good look at the psychology behind failing to launch. He wrote in his article, quote, This launch requires the internalization of faith in one's abilities to succeed, as well as an appreciation of the concept of interdependence. The young adult needs to tap into a sense of both perseverance and resiliency in order to make independent decisions while learning to simultaneously and skillfully balance the use of the resources of others and the world. End quote. Basically, kids need to have faith that they can succeed and competently use the tools and resources they've been given to make a go of it. This concept of not knowing what you want to do with your life when you get out of high school, is this something new for kids in 2019? Because for me, it seems like a tale as old as time. Yeah, so I think definitely it is a tale as old as time in that, you know, a lot of people when they're 16, 17, 18 years old, they have no idea what they're doing. Um, They are still learning about themselves and their interests and their likes and dislikes. And translating that into a career path is going to be difficult for most people. Um, I think what's different about right now is that change in the workforce and the job market is happening faster than it ever has before. A lot of kids who graduate high school this year in five to 10 years will have jobs that don't even exist yet. So I think what's different for this generation of students is the uncertainty of all job markets. And this isn't even just traditional job markets that have been, you know, um, traditionally uh, unstable. I'm thinking journalism is a really good example because uh, jobs have gone down over the years. Um, but now even in traditionally stable work uh, jobs like accounting and law, those jobs are unstable too, to a degree. So I think that's what really makes this 
time different. That's really interesting. I didn't think of it that way in the sense that technology is changing the workforce so quickly that students Mm -hmm. graduating from high school must be aware of the fact that a role they may be interested in might not be a role that still has a place in our society by the time they go from high school through their post-secondary education. They're probably more aware of that even than we are. Exactly. Automation is obviously a huge one. A lot of jobs that we thought could never be automated are actually becoming automated. But new jobs are coming up because with that automation, new needs arise. You know, for every robot that exists, there has to be somebody who knows how to fix the robot, for example. And with that said, are we seeing students shying away from wanting to go into trades such as mechanics? And are they leaning more towards those white collar jobs or technology driven jobs instead of traditional trades? Yeah, this is an interesting topic. The data is really sparse on this. Um, What we do know is that STEM degrees are higher paying in the long run. So I think that speaks a little bit to, you know, more people do want to be in those science, technology, engineering, and math trades. But I think, too, that there's a big stigma around going to college over university, and this is going to be covered in the online series as well. What we're hearing from a lot of kids across the country is that they have always thought that college would be a better fit for them. They see a program that appeals to them. They're intrigued by the hands-on experiential learning aspect of a college degree or diploma. Um, But there's a big stigma that persists amongst their friends and their peers, amongst their educators and administrators, and also amongst their parents. The age-old sort of understanding is that college is for people who are not as smart or who are more inclined to do jobs like manual labor or blue-collar labor, as you say. Um, And university is for people who want to to angle themselves towards these white-collar careers. But that's not the reality anymore. And, you know, experts can tell you that – College is an amazing opportunity for kids who maybe learn differently, less theoretically, need more hand on, who need more hands-on experience, um, and it can absolutely lead to a white-collar job. In fact, as a journalist, a lot of my colleagues uh, went to journalism school at a college and are now working full-time for a national news organization. So I think that. Breaking down that stigma is one step in the right direction. You know, it's funny that you say that because my direct family, we all went to a technical trade school. I went to the technical school as well for radio. My dad went to be an electrician. My brother went to be a millwright. Uh, my, My mom went to a technical school as well. And now as an adult, you know, 10 plus 15 years, whatever it is later, I'm going back to university again and I'm getting a degree in psychology. So you can make that transition later in life, but starting with that diploma from a trade school can actually be really beneficial to just give you kind of a kick in the butt to get out there into the real world. Absolutely. And, you know, there's something to be said for saving time and money also, given the cost of living is rising in all of Canada's major cities at a rapid rate. um, There's something to be said for, you know, spending less time in school, getting out into the workforce faster and spending less money on it, especially if you aren't exactly sold on 
you know, studying um, sociology as a major in a, in a Bachelor of Arts. If you aren't extremely passionate about that, you're going to spend four years and hundreds of thousands of dollars potentially. And at the end of it, you may not even know what to do with that degree. So this is a, a definitely a big stigma that I'm hoping we can start to break down if we talk about it a little bit more. To what degree does a person's culture and their ethnicity come into play when we're talking about going from high school into university, the pressures that they face and the indecision that they experience? Yeah, so this is a really interesting aspect. Um, A lot. So we interviewed, I probably interviewed 15 kids across the country, and a lot of them um, at some point in the interview would bring in their cultural background and their ethnicity when they were explaining the the decisions that they made. So I spoke to one girl, Pearl is her name. She's in grade, or she has recently graduated from university, but when she was in high school, she was trying to figure out what to do. And she felt like her Sri Lankan background and her South Asian community um, really left her no choice but to go to university. And that was okay for her. She said to me, you know, university was always something that I really looked forward to as an academically inclined person who's interested in theoretical applications of what what I was studying. Um, University did make sense. But had I been somebody who was more interested in, you know, maybe a technical program, maybe I wanted to go into something like media or, um, you know, some sort of more hands-on skill or trade, um, then that would have been really tough for me because my parents were immigrants to Canada. And the whole reason that they made all the sacrifices that they did were so that I would have the opportunity to go to university and get the best possible education and the best possible chances of having successful career here in Canada. Um, So it really was never a choice for her. And I I do think that that pressure can play a role too. You feel, Pearl said she felt responsible for sort of living out the dreams of her parents. And it all worked out for her in the end. But I think for some students who might not, you know, university might not be the right fit. This can put a lot of pressure on them. That's really interesting, though, these parents saying, look, I sacrificed, I struggled, I came to a country where I didn't speak the language, I had to take one, two, three jobs in order to be able to provide for my family here in this new country where I expect you to get the best education you can and a white-collar job coming out of it. And if you don't, you are disappointing, basically, for the parents, the whole reason why they came to Canada. Exactly. And, I mean, can you think of any... more intense like that pressure even just talking about it with you really makes me makes me feel sort of anxious and I feel for these kids because you know this goes back to this this stigma that we were talking about I think if we can present colleges as a like it's a viable option as you say your whole family went to a college you know Um, you get jobs when you go to college. And in fact, some kids I spoke to said that they had more success, you know, kids who went to university and college, they had more success getting jobs when they went to college because it provided them with a network. It provided them with hands-on skills that they could transfer directly into the workplace. So I really think by talking about it more and, you know, maybe it's even an educator getting involved and speaking directly to the parents and explaining that this could be a better choice for individual students, then that can help sort of alleviate some of that pressure off of the student because there's so much pressure on them, like as it is, without that added layer. Coming up later in this episode. 
One thing that I learned in my research is that social emotional skills aren't really prioritized in most educational jurisdictions across the country. And this is crucial. You're listening to This Is Why, a national radio show and podcast from Global News. Download and subscribe online now. A really interesting question that you asked these students that you spoke to. What do you wish that you would have learned in school? What do you wish that your teachers would have taught you to prepare you for the real world that they didn't teach you? Yeah, so this was a really interesting question. Nearly every single one of the students said something along the lines of financial literacy and money management. Um, So, you know, a lot of them said, oh my gosh, in my first year of university, I was just so confused. I went into school with a lump sum of money with really, you know, this is the first time I had to deal with my own wallet. Essentially, I had to do things like buy groceries and buy toilet paper and do my own laundry. And quickly, you know, by the end of October, that lump sum of money was just gone because I didn't have a concept of how much I should be spending per day or per week or what is considered uh, affordable, what is considered expensive. Um, So one thing they did say was they had really no understanding of, of finances and even moving beyond that, you know, filing taxes and opening a credit card. These were things that were really never discussed uh, in their high school experience. Another thing they said too was time management. I think a lot of them spoke about going into university and just being completely overwhelmed by what is expected of students. There's really no um, transition. There's no professor in university saying, okay, this is going to be different than high school. It's really just, you know, they're launched into something completely different. Um, And a lot of kids said that they wish they would have had a bit more preparation for, you know, tight deadlines, uh, managing several courses at once, sometimes drastically different um, subject matter. And that just wasn't what they were used to in high school. Those were really the two big things. It's interesting because up until this point, we've always sort of put that responsibility on the parents to teach their children time management or financial literacy. That's the big one that comes to mind. How to cook, how to clean. Again, we've put that all on the parents. But we are assuming then when we do that, that these parents themselves are financially responsible people, that they are good at cooking and cleaning and that they have that knowledge. And frankly, I mean, when we look at Canadian debt loads, obviously there is a lot of adults, a lot of parents out there who aren't so great at those things. So how are they supposed to teach their children how to be good with money when they're not really great themselves? It's actually a little crazy when you think of it in that way that we don't teach kids this kind of stuff in school. Absolutely. And I would argue, too, that um, placing that onus entirely on the parents can be unfair, especially for parents who, you know, I'm thinking single parent families. I'm thinking parents who are working, as you say, multiple jobs at a time or parents who um, are working shift. Maybe they just don't have the bandwidth to have these sit down conversations with their students because they're, you know, they're simply trying to put food on the table. So I do think, um, you know, as my experts told me, John Horn, he's one expert out in Vancouver. Um, He's a career expert. And he said, this really has to be a community approach. We can't assume that all of this education will come from the high school. That's never going to happen. But we also can't assume that it's up to parents. 
really the best way to move forward is for everybody to work together in a, in, and have open lines of communication and really ask the students, okay, what is it that you would like to learn in this class? It might be a history class, but what is it that you would like to know about how this class could a- appeal and apply to your larger life and you know your future moving forward? So Megan, we've been talking a lot about what kids can learn from their books, from their teachers in school, from an educational standpoint. Uh, But what we haven't really talked about is what they are learning socially, how to interact with each other, social skills. Are kids prepared to go on to later, later stages of their lives in a social sense? Yeah, so I would say overwhelmingly no. Um, One thing that I learned in my research is that social-emotional skills aren't really prioritized in most educational jurisdictions across the country. And this is crucial. So historically, there have been, there's been a division of important skills and it's kind of gone down the middle between hard skills and soft skills. So hard skills would be things like, uh, you know, being able to calculate tax quickly on a check that you are on a bill that you get in a restaurant, um, things that you can really apply to your day-to-day life. Soft skills would be things like ability to share, problem solving, um, you know, sort of these uh, different concepts where um, I think often educators expect students to sort of develop them on their own. Um, one of my, the experts I spoke to, Kelly Gallagher-McKay, she said, we're making progress in this area, but there's still more to be done. One quote she said to me, which was really interesting, is the starting line has moved. Jobs you used to be able to do with only a high school credential either don't exist now or they ask for many more academic qualifications. But beyond that, beyond the academic qualifications, you need things like, you know, as I was saying, ability to share, problem solving, all of these social emotional skills. And for most provinces across the country, there's no formal way to assess those social skills. So a lot of students are coming out of high school and into post-secondary and not knowing how to adapt to change quickly. They're not, they haven't developed that resiliency that they need to succeed in the, in the, the college or university or workplace that they're suddenly thrown into. So this is really something that experts are hoping we can work on moving forward. Megan, it's been fascinating. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. If you want to learn more about Megan's series, it's called Failure to Launch, and it's on globalnews.com. This is Why is produced by John O'Dowd and me, Nikki Reitmeyer. It's a national radio show and podcast. You can download, subscribe, or listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Give us a rating as well as a review. And if you want, you can send us an email to thisiswhy at curiouscast.ca. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.